Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio. If you haven't been taking advantage of the benefits of blood flow restriction training, you're definitely missing out on the sickest pump of your life. All kidding aside, Nick Colosi joins us from Smart Tools to talk about the science behind occlusion training and therapy. But as Nick notes, it is no spa treatment. If you've experienced BFR, you know that the pressure necessary to occlude an artery can be a skosh uncomfortable. Nick says that using smart cuffs by smart tools could be just what you need to blunt DOMS and increase performance. Here it is, episode 422. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Luke with Tex. Power Athlete Rate. I did not introduce the text. You're this with is, me. hey, man, you can't say go and then just stick your foot in the dough. <laughs> did you not like my travesty sham and mockery, my Travis sham mockery today? Uh, it caught me off guard a little bit. Luke, for our listeners, Luke invented a new word today. No, it's from a Snickers commercial. Is it? Yeah. I'm not a big Snickers guy. Really? John dis- disapproves. Uh, no, I'm not a big Snickers guy either, but I believe you're a big Snickers so, guy. So hang on. You're going Snickers over don't let, don't you? You guys are both Milky Way guys? Nah. Ew, no. I got to say, I'm more like a Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I'll take a Snickers over a Milky Way. Yeah. Okay, Nobody that's good. Nobody likes a Milky Way. What about a Buttercup? But the Snickers, it has the caramel. No, Butterfinger. Caramel. Uh, I'd take a Snickers over a Butterfinger. I thought Snickers had nougat. I'll take a Baby Ruth over a Snickers. No, Mar- no uh, Milky Way has nougat. I thought it was Snickers had nougat. Snickers has peanuts, caramel, and nougat, <laughs> I think. Uh, I'm taking Snickers over Butterfinger. I'm taking Reese's over anything. I'm taking Milk Duds. Milk Duds. I love Milk Duds. Pass. Uh, they stick to your teeth. Yeah. I don't like that. Well, Charleston Chew, that's good stuff, though. Ooh, Charleston Chewies. <laughs> that's the extra. Or, or the Laffy Taffy. The Laffy Taffy. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that went down what we call a rabbit hole. We have another episode. This is Luke, by the way. This is John. Hi, John. You may now say your name. Tex. That is Tex over there. We are the illustrious hosts of the premier podcast in strength and conditioning, <laughs> Power Athlete Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, tis the season. It is the season to that's be... Right. Jolly? Yeah. Well, I would suggest bundling up in some new sweaters. Oh, the year of the bundle? So, no, wait. Do we have new merch coming for Power Athlete? Yes, John. It is hit, it is hot, and it is on sale. I mean, the savings are ridiculous, John. You know what? We The listeners probably don't realize this, but we spend 10 months out of the year planning and strategizing for our Black Friday sale. I know. It's the amazing. Year, let's take it back to the year twenty. 2016, 16. the year of the bundle. Oh, the year. <laughs> well, we still have all those supernovas. So, so the year of the bundle, ladies and gentlemen, some of you participated I'm in. I'm still giving away uh, supernovas as Christmas gifts. Yeah, and you know what's crazy is like as I pull, like I'm regularly pulling inventory and like reports and stuff, and the products are always <laughs> listed alphabetically, and numbers come first, and all of those bundles are like 2016 like mobility bundle 2016. So like they're always the first products I see and it just kicks me in the nuts just, each time. Eh, eh, the stabbing. Yeah. So that was a big win for us, but we, that was one of the supply chain learning experiences yeah. where I realized that 500 supernovas was maybe a <laughs> little, um, bit above well, I think what you did is you <laughs> overestimated the, uh, the market support for 500 yes. supernovas. Yeah, and I just thought everybody needed, you know, that $80, 
softball. <laughs> well, and the problem is, is that we we were hoping to tap into the mobility wad market. Yeah, yeah. collab. Which, they call it which, collab. Which uh, turned out to be a just a pit of despair in people yes. that were not really wanting to spend retail on yeah, those things. Surprisingly frugal, the mobility wad followers. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not the, to, this year is the year of the bundle, but we're talking about bundling up because we've got new products like this beautifully embroidered, embroidered sweater, John. Ooh, look at that? That? It's embroidered. It's embroidered. That's two inch embroidered logo there. It's beautiful. Hoodless sweater. It's fantastic. You could wear this to church. You really could. Could you? I've never been. You could. You could have the collar popping out of that. Oh, I, I do like that. that. Yeah, like the collar under the sweater. Well, no, it's no, no. Nice. No, you wear it out. Yeah, but like the collared shirt under the well, sweater with the right, collar. Right, yeah, right. I, I mean, when, when don't you go to cowboy church? Isn't that where Tex goes? Yeehaw. To see real cowboys? Yes. Yeah, the outdoor. It's right next to Desert Door. Yeah. The, the original cowboy yeah. outdoor church. How right about by that? Salt Lake. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you bundle up with some new sweatpants, some new sweatshirts, sweaters. We got hoodies. Uh, Fanny we got, packs? Well, text. Th- but wait, there's more. Oh. That's right. Because this year isn't the year of the bundle, John. It's the year of the freebie. Oh, I love That's it. That's right. We, Giveaways. You, ladies and gentlemen, based on your willingness and desire to stock up on Power Athlete gear, can earn yourself a free limited edition poster. Move the dirt poster. A tactical satchel, a.k.a. fanny pack. You can earn free shipping. You can earn a free coffee tumbler. I think Mm -hmm. I'm missing something, too. There might be one more freebie in there or not. Shipping? Yeah, we got free shipping. I feel like you never listen to me Uh, anymore. Sticker pack. Yeah, free stickers. That's right. And these are all limited edition just for the holiday. So get over to shop.powerathletehq.com and start saving today. Deepest discounts we've ever laid out, John. I'm basically giving the stuff away. I hope you don't mind. We're giving it away. Yeah, it's all free for a slight price. And, ladies and gentlemen, spoiler alert. I'm not going to say the details, though. But Cyber Monday, we have a lightning deal. We got some cool stuff coming Cyber Monday. I'm pretty excited about that. Literally the craziest discounts we've ever given. I feel like a a fireworks commercial for Crazy Kaplan. I feel like uh, more like, you know, um, what's that idiot that has the car commercials here? Hey, I'm Scott Elder, and I'm giving (laughs) cars away. I'm a moron, and I got these commercials that everybody doesn't like me, Uh but we're giving cars away. The radio car ad, the local Uh, radio car ad is like so good. Scott Elder, he's like, I'm a moron. Take my cars. in, uh, In Chicago, it was Max Madsen. He's mad. He's bad. Max Madsen yeah. is like, Max, what are you doing over there? And he's like, I'm giving cars away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, there, there used to be one in L.A. It was uh, um, Cal Worthington, and the song was Go See Cal. And it was pictured, and it was a video of him walking a tiger or a lion, <laughs> and like in in the cars, and he's like, "I'm mad to give away cars," and he's like, "Go see Cal, go see Cal," and then it would show him with like a lion. Oh my god! And I remember every time we drove by Cal Worthington, we're like, "We want to go see his lion." I, I don't and remember. He would, he would wear a, a, a uh, like a cowboy outfit, like straight up like cowboy, like what you'd probably see in um, uh, Hank Williams. Yeah, you know. like. Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. We I, I can't remember any of those car salesmen, but we had a crazy furniture store guy, uh, Mattress Mac. Oh, there's a mattress guy. Famously, uh-huh. most recently with the Houston Astros 2017 World's uh, oh, 2018. Yeah. He bet. He bet because they were heavily favorites. He bet like 1.5 mil, uh-huh. and then the Astros go down, and then they make some comeback, and he doubled down, edged his, hedged his bet, 
and then they lost in game seven. Uh, so he just ate like eight million. Yeah. As part of his like for sure marketing deal, I'm gonna put all this money down. Mm-hmm. And then he fucking had to eat it. Uh, uh, tax write off. Well, it dis- speaking of tax write off, disgruntled employee set that whole place on fire a few years back. So. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing about mattresses, man. Like, why are mattresses so expensive? Look at the raw materials and the engineering yeah. there. It's not terribly complex piece of machinery or like, <sighs> why is a mattress, a spring box spring mattress, wait, a spring mattress and a box spring, like, how can you spend five thousand well, dollars on that? It's because memory foam. Right, I mean to have well, foam, memory foam. If, that's like astronaut stuff. Yeah, that comes like, from NASA. Yeah, if <laughs> you gotta have closed cell technology, and that's very expensive <laughs> because uh, they only make that on uh, um, you know Oompa Loompa Island or something. Yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are asking or letting you know of some serious deals. That's right. Cyber Monday. Keep your eyes on your email. We have right now, as you were listening to this Friday, immense sales and killer freebies. And here's an absolute gem. Super savings? Now that we're talking about Immense. car salesman commercials, if you haven't seen Winnebago Man oh my on YouTube, God. right? It's Winnebago Man, right? I fucked up the word rear. That's yeah. my favorite YouTube video. Is it called Winnebago Man? Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to YouTube and look up Winnebago Man. You know which one we're talking about, right? No, I'm, I'm, I'm oh mentally, I'm mentally cataloging it. it, and then as I go, get to go back and watch yeah. it's uh, a gift. more videos... Uh, I will add that to my. That video is a gift today. from our crew to you. Go watch Winnebago is Man if you haven't. Better ever. than the chat roulette uh, wrecking ball. Uh, I wouldn't say infinitely. It's a different. It's not prank, you know. So uh, this is like candid outtakes of a dude, a salesman who is just not having a good run. <laughs> so I can't yeah, wait. Dude, I can't wait. It is like why this is this is where like. The internet and social media obviously has its trials and tribulations, but like this is the ultimate redemption. Well, when content was, like this surfaces, it was the first viral video. Oh, was people it? Would yeah, there's like a heritage on right? a VHS and then pass to their friends. And there's actually a documentary. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. on Netflix like ten years ago. That a dude saw Netflix it. was around ten years ago. I thought uh-huh. Netflix. Oh yeah, but I he, just learned about it in 2019. Well, he, he missed out. Aim to find the original. He aimed to find this man. It's one of the most depressing and sad things of what this old man like went through and ended up like mm-hmm. in the documentary. But what started as a joke is this documentary filmmaker just turned into one of the saddest docs of all time. Yeah. But it's so funny. Yeah. Yes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, speaking of technology, speaking of deals, speaking of changing, life-changing events, today we're talking with the founder and uh, CEO of Smart Tools, who Nick, Nick Colossi, yeah. um, who's a chiropractor who saw an opportunity to to really put in out quality and affordable... In, yeah, um, BFR. Like, uh, uh, well, just PT. tools. Yeah. yeah, PT tools for... And then that has, like, now bro- breached into, like, the, the consumer market. And for us, like, what really piqued our interest is when we uh, heard about his Gen 3 BFR system, yep. which is actually, like ticks all the boxes that we're eager to try out. And like, th- so he's had some supply chain issues. We hear a little bit about that. But. I'm excited. I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I w- I'm not going to use cautiously optimistic. I'm excitedly optimistic oh. uh, about his new thing. So um, when we reached out and, you know, polled all the power at the nation about BFR, people shouted in 
And the smart cuffs were by far the greatest rated where people were like, these are amazing game changers. I reached out. We had a great content, uh, like a great conversation, went through all of his stuff, invited him on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And we were, uh, you know, he's had some supply chain issues. So we've been anxiously awaiting so we could actually give them uh, the seal of approval, the power mm-hmm. athlete stamp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and stress test them. Right. We got McQuilkin's, you know, 13 to 14 inch arms. We got John's. What are you? 12 to 13 inch arms. No, 12, Four arms. Nine, 19 and a half. I get, you know, who knows? It's probably metric. And then, uh, you know, I'm somewhere in between there, right? Well, I think Tex outweighs you now, doesn't he? Who, Lunchbox over there? <laughs> yeah, tons of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah huh? But I, you know, if I could eat gyros and drink Modelo's every day, John, I would. Does he? I, I thought he's on a, uh, off the diet of gyros. Say it ain't so. Yeah. I haven't had one since the Text. first time. I've been living vicariously through you. Yeah, Every he's time just I eat boiled plain chicken, I just think of you eating gyros. As he's just smearing tzatziki sauce all over himself. Like, uh, uh, we need this, your man. fantasy. We yeah. need it. Yeah. sick, Chubbs. <laughs> Why? What's wrong with that? You're pretty totally sick. normal. Just totally You're pretty normal sick fucking guy. Just totally normal. But enough about gyros. Enough about savage savings, deep discounts, and free stuff. Let's learn about BFR, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't know, you need to know because this is like the now you know. S- yeah, simplest and most effective tool we have to ramp up rehab, recovery, and training. So I'm excited to get into it. Let's go. Cool. Let's do it. Where you remember we would pump it up to a certain uh, whatever the PSI the setting was. We would do the yep. work and then we would come back and replug it, and it was like thirty to forty percent less. And so yeah. like we were getting this constant leakage, which if you're increasing sure. the volume of the muscle, theoretically the you know the pressure should be increasing so and then we would just start blowing out bands and then it was like hey bring them back we'll you know we'll redo them and it just got to the point where you're like dude like how do you sell this with this much customer support issues so then that's when we got in and started looking at you know people are using bands with like a hand pump but that was extremely inaccurate and then you know then like straps doing lines because at the end of the day like um i think it's kind of a little like ems where it's if you do it <laughs> let's see doing it wrong is probably better than not doing it but if you do it too much it's worse than not doing it at all or no you're right it's you know? spot on exactly yeah if you do it too much you're going to cause more damage than good yep. you know it's the risk the risk benefit ratio really skews more towards risk when you increase pressure because a lot of times people are like well if 50 percent lp is good 80 percent must be better and it's like no, no. it's not like you're, yeah you need to go 99 percent yeah and there's a study in like poland or something that i saw a couple of months back they were doing full occlusion under load <clears throat> wow i'm like bold bold strategy so we <laughs> it's a, yeah let's see how this works out yeah i'm like i i don't want any near that um is yeah this is not safe it doesn't really i mean there's full occlusion with ischemic preconditioning but that's passive you're not actively exercising so when you say full occlusion like the full body or like just uh, uh full all occlusion the- of the limb so yeah full occlusion of the limb yeah we we tried that we actually <laughs> were loading up and doing occlusion under one rms which i don't think uh like it's pretty funny like when we first got into it uh there wasn't as much research and so like uh dr sato gave me some direction but he doesn't speak english so it was through a translator. I took all these notes, and uh, then we tried to figure out, okay, like, is there, like, an F, like, uh, like what's the minimal effective dose? Because, I mean, you had people that were trying to do it twice a day, seven days a week, and that was way too much. We found that it was really, like, an upper body, lower body, and maybe, like, a full body, and, like, maybe three days every other day was by far more effective than anything else. 
and, um, you know, and then using it like in kind of a post-workout 20 minute cleanup after you train heavy seemed to be like the best application for it. But yeah, I mean, we tested it with like one RMs we did, we tried to do with plyometrics, like, you know, we just tried a lot of stupid stuff. And, uh, and I, I think by doing that kind of figured out that like one, whatever weights on there, you got to do it to failure. It's got to be, you know, cascading reps and, you know, it's good to kind of move through different movement patterns and it just, um, yeah, no. And then we've, I mean, geez, we've had BFR in Grindstone and Jack Street mm-hmm. for almost, geez, four or five years now. So, I mean, I think at one point we had like hundreds of people doing the program. Yeah, Nick. So these are like our, our, our at-home training tracks where we provide some yeah. coaching and different training techniques. And one of them is blood flow restrictive training. And, uh, you know, predominantly f- pre- like not in the, the frame of rehab or anything like that. It is a a hypertrophy approach or... Uh, you know, performance-based approach to using the tool, which is, from what I understand, like kind of unexplored, yep. you know? Um, at certain high-level performance. So I know at the, the NBA level, we, we talked to one strength coach, but it's, it's with many teams because back before the bubble, 82 games on the road, so they would find a way to train in other people's stadiums, mm-hmm. BFR it up post-game, so right. then you're just ready for the next game and not losing and maintaining. So, I mean, but I know I didn't hear of any NFL. It was only in NBA circles. Well, the only time uh, I've ever heard it used in an NFL circle was had to do with rehab. Like for example, like you, uh, uh, post-op recovery. Yeah. Like you, you, you know, you break an ankle, you do that, you need to do quad sets. So they started using BFR in that direction. But, um, I don't know why that necessarily hasn't been incorporated more for a performance deal. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. I don't understand why it hasn't. It's slowly getting there. I will say more so this year as opposed to previous years, as far as just the feedback I've been getting some, uh, from some of the pro teams that we work with um, and high-level college teams. Um, like Ohio State, for instance, they use it a lot both for rehab but also in-season training, uh, like deloading, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, lesser loads, maintain that uh, muscle hypertrophy throughout the season. Um, you know, at this point in time of the year, maybe not for the Big Ten because they pretty much just started, but um, some of the ACC teams and SEC teams are kind of right in the middle of the season. So it's they're just putting these guys together with glue <laughs> for yeah. the most part at this yeah. point in season. Same thing with the NFL. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, no, it, um, it definitely is heavy. The research is heavy on rehab. Mm-hmm. Um, the research is heavy on rehab, mainly just early stage uh, loading uh, post-op. Mm-hmm. Um, really taking all the precautions is the biggest thing. Now we just don't want people just, you know, Oh, I'm a week out from surgery. And then they go and buy a cuffs and they're just start loading like crazy or just pumping up to these crazy pressures. Mm-hmm. Um, we really wanted to standardize it to the fact that, okay, you don't need a $6,000 unit to automatically find LOP sure. with a computerized product, you know? We were like, that's kind of crazy. We wanted something that the everyday person can use. Yeah, I mean, it's still two, $300, but it's electronic. There's a lot of tech involved with it. There's coding, you know, there's algorithms that we've developed. Like, it's not cheap to develop this stuff. No. Um, but it's much more palatable uh, from a consumer standpoint. So, so when uh, uh, 
it was funny when I first got reached out to by the the Katsu Global guys. <clears throat> it was, um, you know, like I think that they were in a similar space with uh, like uh, rehab and how people were using it. And it wasn't until uh, like when they pitched me, I said, "Hey, let's come by." They put us through some stuff, and then it wasn't until I met Dr. Sato, uh, who was like probably in his late sixties, early seventies, and the dude was jacked. Mm-hmm. Like he, like, like his shirt was open and the dude, you could see his clavicle, like in his chest. And I'm like looking at this guy and I'm like, dude, this whole man is jacked like a bodybuilder. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I asked him, I was like, you're in pretty good shape. And he, he gave me some, like, he like locked out a thousand pounds on a bench press by like one inch. I mean, like sort of going through all these things, which I'm not a hundred percent sure he was saying, but that was what the translator was translating it as. But then I asked him, I'm like, um, do you think that this has greater application into, you know, rehabbing and this. And he kind of got real quiet and said, I'm not supposed to talk about it, but I've been training the Japanese uh, speed skating team uh, for years. And like, and then we pulled up pictures and like looking at their quad development and how physically impressive their skaters were, their speed skaters. He's like, yeah, I work with them. And he started going through all the different um, teams in like the Japanese athletes and different people he had trained. And like the one thing that was universally true was one of them, they all carried a a high amount of muscle and uh, they all had been doing BFR. And then that's when he got in and kind of wrote me some programs and kind of gave me some ideas on not only like minimal versus maximal effective dose, what to look for and like how to kind of rep scheme and and just gave me a ton of ideas. And then that's when I went in and we started implementing them in the training programs and testing them. And, um, but then we just really were struggling with the technology piece. Like I understand the application, I understand how to use it. I understand the benefit and how to attack. We just have really, and part of the reason I reached out to you because, uh, one, you guys have a certification, which I wanted to talk about, but, um, what I'm really just excited about is the technology and more importantly, how you got to it and how it's different and how, you know, how this thing's going to really set BFR on fire. Yeah. And to to dogpile there, Nick, I mean, why don't we just hand it off because, and then we're excited to get to know you as well, dude. So like your journey in starting this business and like we talked a little before the show on like some lessons learned, you know, we, so our, our listening or our audience is very broad, like a lot of strength and conditioning professionals, uh, athletes, but then also enthusiasts who are like in various different industries. So like there's, there's a ton that we could talk about here. Nothing's, nothing's out of bounds. So I guess what we'll do is kind of pass it off to you. Let's start with you and like how you got to where you're at with smart tools. Yeah. So I started, um, I started with smart tools in 2013. I was still in chiropractic school at the time. Um, I went to national university in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started smart tools. I just wanted to make, um, some ISTM tools, you know, like those grass and scraping tools. And, uh, cause they're like $2,000 and I was just a poor student <laughs> about to graduate and I couldn't afford that. So, um, my family's been in the steel business for about 30 years. So we're like, okay, we can probably make a bomb kit and, and not charge $2,000 because we know how much this stuff costs. So I started making them um, when I was in my last, uh, last couple of semesters of uh, grad school. Um, I sold it to my friends for like 50 bucks, I think. <laughs> and, uh, and I sold so much. I had like two or $3,000 in cash in like this lunchbox. Um, I look like such a child going to the bank with a lunchbox full of cash. Um, look shady as hell too. Um, I'm like, I told him like, I swear to God, I'm not a drug dealer. I'm just <laughs> at this little side business. Well, drug dealers don't uh, deposit their money in the bank. They usually hide it in a mattress or the floor. So the fact you're bringing exactly. it in the bank. Why be a bad law, uh, money launderer. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so that's how I kind of got started. I, gra- I started, uh, graduated, uh, graduated chiropractic school, uh, started practicing. 
Um, I was running both at the same time. I was practicing as a chiropractor and I was running this side business in the evening. And I was just like treading water in both. I wasn't like doing well at all in either. Uh, so um, it's like every entrepreneur think they can do everything all at once and they can do all these different, it's like, no, you can't, you have to maintain laser focus on one or the other. Mm-hmm. So, um, about, about five years ago, I decided I'm just going to go all in on smart tools. Really. It's where my passion was developing products, um, running the business side of things. I really like that. Um, so yeah, that's when I decided to go all in. Um, and then, um, I brought on Ed Lacara. Um, he is a chiropractor, athletic trainer, PhD uh, out of Dallas. Um, he's worked with TRX. He's worked with rock tape, uh, developing education. So I brought him on, um, around 2016, 2017. We, um, he developed ISTM education. Um, we started rocking and rolling with that. And then we got into about 2017, 2018. He introduced me to BFR. Um, that's when really things started to take off. Cause I'm like, my passion is exercise fizz. That's my background. Um, in undergrad, um, that's where really things started to take off. So we got into BFR. Um, we, you know, we've made mistakes, you know, our gen one cuff sucked, you know, we use this multi-chambered bladder and it couldn't occlude. You couldn't find LOP. Um, it didn't feel like I, any pressure was applied at all. Um, we quickly scrapped it after about two or three months. We're like, yeah, we made a mistake. Um, yeah, the old phantom sucked. BFR. I remember that the phantom it's, BFR. It's phantom BFR. <laughs> um, blood flow moderation, whatever you want to call it. It was not BFR at all. Um, and I was just like, yeah, I can't sell this in good faith to customers because it's shit product. So, um, we quickly pivoted. Um, we read, we just redesigned it. Um, and then that was our gen two, um, that came out in July of 2018. And then we just been rocking and rolling ever since from that, uh, going into our gen three product development which started about two years ago, a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like fi- finally coming to a crescendo. Um, but we're a family run company out of Cleveland. Um, we're not large by any stretch. Um, people sometimes think we are, and it's kind of laughable because <laughs> I answer a lot of the customer service uh, stuff still. Um, I like it though. I get, you know, I have the pulse on the customer, so I know what they want and what they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when, you know, with our new product, we're, we're pumping, we're pumping out uh, software updates monthly. So um, I need to get feedback from her. So I, cause I got my hand on everything. So, um, but yeah, the product, uh, you know, we're based in Cleveland, um, you know, our, our, it's designed here. Um, you know, it's assembled here. Um, the products, the supplies and components are overseas, of course, um, cause you can't find any electronic components in the U S everything's overseas, but, um, but yeah, no, we're, it's assembled here, designed here. Um, uh, it's, it's been a, it's been a roller coaster with 2020. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. we, you know, we made every mistake in the book, uh, when it comes to, oh gosh, development, um, pretty much everything. Um, and we openly admit that to customers. We try to be as transparent as possible. You know, customers ask, Hey, when am I getting my shipment? It's like, well, this is the ETA. Now things can change because supply chains are constantly changing from week to week. We just, it's too unpredictable, you know, in a normal year, 
it's a lot more predictable, right. uh, especially when you're not using components that are using ventilators. Right, right. <laughs> That's been the biggest problem because uh, they'll have, you know, well, they'll have us queued up for, you know, 2,000 components for, you know, sensors. Then all of a sudden it gets pulled because ventilator company needs them. Um, the government will step in too. There's really only two major sensor, pressure sensor um, suppliers in the U.S., um, so oh, that's right. Uh, the pressure sensor would be the same for like a, a ventilator to adjust air pressure into. Oh, yeah, yeah. So our, yeah, I know, right? It couldn't oh, be any geez. worse. It's, um, wow. I I know. It, you know, I, I try to explain to our customers. Uh, some understand it. Some just don't give a shit. They're right. just like, I want my product. I paid for it. I, I totally get it. I, I I'm actually surprised as patient that they are. I'd be pissed too. Uh, I, I mean. I, it's just nothing I can do. It's yeah. just, you know, so I try to tell them that, you know, well, but, I mean, that's uh, yeah, like, it couldn't be a shittier. Nick, that's yeah. my perspective is like, yeah. What, it, what would your expectation be of regardless who the manufacturer is or the product is? It's like, Hey, we have an overlap in supply chain on these ventilators that are used to save the lives of people during this global pandemic yeah. that literally everybody is not tired yet of hearing about like 24 hours a day. Wait a minute. Like, are they going to be surprised? We're not be tired like, of oh, hearing about COVID? I, I think more than anything, rather than being upset with you, they just jam you up like, hey, why so not go, yeah. go get some tire pressure monitors? <laughs> Send me a free T-shirt or something. Yeah. No, but, um, man, that is, that is an access. interesting deal. Yeah, we try to give them, you know, we got some, uh, we try to give them access to our online course, you know, right. uh, to, to stay educated. We have an app where they can schedule a 15-minute consultation with us. You know, we have things that we're trying to, you know, uh, do the best we can, you know, with, with the situation that we've been dealt. Mm -hmm. um, and we're just working through it. It's just every, it's a slog every day, just working through it every day. You know, they come in chunks. So we're, we're getting them out as fast as we get them in. It's not like they're sitting on our shelves and we're withholding them. Right. Like, yeah. Send me one. Yeah. I was hoping we could demo yeah. it on, uh, on our necks and just see, like, you know, we could play the uh, asphyxiation game, but, man. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll the FDA <laughs> opt out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> you just so, got to get me just before I pass out. So, Nick, you're hitting, you're, you're making these, these like, Graston tools, right? And then sure. you, all of a sudden BFR enters into the pipeline in the product, like, in the product roadmap. Yeah. So what drew you to it, man? Like, I, I guess, did, have you been using at that point BFR in your training? Did you like, where did yeah, you see the application going? Did you see it as a performance tool, as a rehab tool for practitioners? Was it B2B, B2C? Like where? Both. Yeah, both. I was got, I got hooked onto it in 2017 before me and Ed did like this global trip of education. Uh, so me and Ed, uh, my director of education, we went, we went to Dubai for a week. We did two courses of ISTM there. And then we went on to Australia right after that for another week uh, for another more of ISTM courses. Um, so he brought along a couple BFR units because we could do some training while we're gone for two weeks. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. Isn't this more a, why isn't it more ready available? Um, B there's no, there's barely any education. The edu only education at that time was for a product that was $6,000. I'm like, I'm not spending $6,000 on a unit. No, I I did that one. Yeah, no. And they teach what? how to punch in passcode. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> was like, that, yeah, that was pretty much the uh, education. Yeah, it's like here's how to put in the passcode that you need. It, so yeah, because we had to go through the training for Katsu, yeah. and I remember being like, I think I looked at Luke and I was like, oh, this 
Wait, the password's zero 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 zero. I don't know if I can. Oh, on that one. Like <laughs> oh, I was talking about another company. Oh, okay. I was talking about another. Company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I was just like, "This is crazy." Katsu actually, I never used a Katsu device up until about a year ago. Oh, okay. Um, I just, um, you know, I've seen a lot of the research. Um, you know, I love what they've done. Uh, you know, as far as creating, you know, awareness for BFR. Um, they're huge in Japan. Oh my God. Yeah, no, like yeah. our Japan distributors, like everybody knows what Gatsu is. Um, but, uh, that's how I got, got turned on to it. Um, I used a couple other cheaper ones just to start. I think everybody starts at that, right? They yeah. do wraps. Yep. Go to <laughs> they Amazon. Yep. <laughs> then they get to like the $90 pneumatic cuff and they quickly realize this thing's a piece of garbage. It mm-hmm. leaks after mm-hmm. like two uses. Um, it's not accurate. It's wide. I think the first one I had was like eight inches wide. It was ridiculous. It took up my entire arm and I'm not a huge guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it, it, yeah. So I was like, this leaves a lot to be desired. Um, and then I can, I know I can make a better cuff. I'm like, these components are not terribly difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we did. And then, you know, we really hit our stride with our gen two, Finding occlusion, we added a handheld Doppler so you can find LOP. Is it great for clinic? Yes. Is it optimal for training? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, you need two people to operate. It's like a NASCAR pit crew. You need two people to operate. You got one person handheld on the Doppler, another person pumping, and then you got the patients. Like, it's impossible. But it was really never really designed for performance, the Gen 2. Mm-hmm. Um, the Gen 3 that's where we're really like, we need something where an athlete can just buy it off the site, take it home and use it with very little instruction, you know, three, four steps, boom, they're, 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 they got the cuff inflated. They're not occluding the computer does everything for them. They disconnect on, they go. Right. Um, and I guess what, maybe now is like a good time making an assumption that everybody knows what we're talking about <laughs> with blood flow restriction training and the delineation sure, between yeah. LLP with BFR and then like true occlusion yes. and then like maybe even the efficacy. So we'll, we'll, we'll hand that to you, Nick. Why don't you just kind of like give sure. the spiel and then probably we'll yeah. venture into how we've used it in our experience too. And then bridge the gap there. Yeah. So blood flow training um, in the strictest form is just, you're fully occluding the venous return from the muscle and you're restricting arterial inflow into the muscles. So not fully occluding arterial inflow, you're just restricting it uh, to a point where blood's still going in, not much is going out, you're creating a hypoxic environment. So if you're restricting oxygen-rich blood, which that's what arterial blood is, you're restricting oxygen-rich blood into the muscle. So you're creating a somewhat hypoxic state in the muscle which kind of tricks the brain into thinking it's lifting heavier than it is because it feels like it's being taxed more. So that's where you can lift less weight um, and mimic higher loads. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of where the magic is, right? Uh, If you just restrict venous return and just let all the blood flow go in, are you going to create a hypoxic environment? Maybe, maybe not. It's just not as quantifiable. Um, then you, then you, you know, you do when you can create a hypoxic environment and restricted arterial inflow. And the way you do that is you want to make sure you can find what's called an LOP, which is an occlusion pressure, which is the minimal amount of pressure needed to occlude the artery. And when we say that people are like, 
whoa, 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 whoa. Why are you occluding my artery? I'm like, well, you're occluding the artery to create, create a baseline. And then you're backing down from that. Mm -hmm. It's the same concept when you find blood pressure. I'm like, and then I tell people, I'm like, if you've ever gotten your blood pressure taken, you get occlusion with that. You have to establish systolic and diastolic pressures. Mm -hmm. and then like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I'm like, you're never exercising at occlusion. And our new tech is specifically designed so you're not operating at occlusion because without establishing LOP, a lot of people, you know, with that use pneumatic cuffs, they'll use a pressure range. So they'll use a hundred to 200 for the arm or something like right. that, or a hundred, 150, a hundred on one person, a hundred millimeters of mercury on one person. That's the amount of pressure going into the cuff is not going to be the same as the next person. So maybe for one person, you can be operating at 50% LOP, but for a smaller person, you might be going at 90% mm -hmm. LOP at a hundred, at a hundred millimeters of mercury. There's just too much guesswork. And there's also factors so, too with, uh, not only like with sex, with age, I mean, um, you know, you yeah. think about like muscle yeah. density, also the thickness of the skin as people yeah. age, they lose collagen in the skin. Mm -hmm. So like there's that, I mean, you know, sub subcutaneous versus, um, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, visceral fats. I mean, it's really pretty fascinating when we looked at all of the different reasons why one person could handle dramatically more pressure. But the one thing that was really amazing universally is the people that used it had much greater elasticity within the veins. So like, it, you know, the actual like inflation and the pumping created this, uh, like, uh, flexibility and like elasticity in, in the arteries and the, and the veins, which actually improved health. And I remember that was, like when I read that piece of research where they had taken people that had kind of, what would he call it? Um, uh, art, um, uh, what is it? The hardening of the veins. Um, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking it's about. A, it was an antigen. Uh, I don't want to get too sciencey. Yeah. Not to mention, I can't remember the marker that they were looking for. So yeah. So um, they, uh, they took yeah. people and then they were able to use occlusion by pumping it in and basically doing the training, it actually increased the elasticity of the vein of the veins and the artery walls, which like at that point I started looking at it and being like, man, this is, uh, not only is this increasing the capacity, but like, you know, now we're looking at, at health benefits that are far exceeding what they're, you know, prescribing this as. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then there's also an aerobic component too, uh, increasing VO2, uh, increasing VO2. Um, there's a lot of studies done on the elderly, um, with that, mm -hmm. um, the mechanism's not really, it's not really conclusive yet. Um, but I mean, if you're creating a systemic stress, um, yeah, you're going to increase VO2. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, there's a lot of different things you can do with BFR cuffs. I mean, it all depends on the goal. Uh, that's what, it, that's why I always tell people when they ask me, I'm like, can I use this? I'm like, well, it depends on your goal. Like what's your training goals? Are you training for sport? Are you just training to get big? Mm -hmm. Are you rehabbing an injury? Are you trying to increase your aerobic capacity? Like, what are your goals? And then you can fit BFR into these slots. And that's what we really want to educate, not only health professionals, but also the non-health professionals that, hey, if you're if this is your goal, this is what your program should look like. Mm -hmm. um, you can, you know, you can deviate from that because there's, you know, there's not much rock science, uh, rock solid science behind rep and set schemes. Yeah. The 30, 15, 15, 15 is there. They used it because it's pretty much guaranteed you'll get the volitional failure. If you do that with BFR, it's like 80 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're going to get the failure. Um, 
but you can you can you can modify that. You can play around with that to fit your your goals. Yeah, and I guess for for listeners too, who this is just this is like speaking Greek to. So cuffs and straps that, you know, imagine it's kind of like a tourniquet, but it's not right. You have a broader surface of application and it goes on the distal portion of the limb yeah, uh, or pro- proximal. So like the under the armpits for the arm and then right up in the, the groinal area. And we used to Gynoid. do the, and we used to also do the caps, mm-hmm. but then we found that uh, there was a ton of lower leg pain that wasn't as mm-hmm. good. So and some we'll, some nerve issues. Yeah. The, uh, so <laughs> with the back of the knee. And, and there's a couple different technologies here and like the, the straps. Straps are like a, the thickness of a belt, let's say, ish, uh, how and th- they vary. How thick are your straps? But um, so, yeah, our new ones are two and a half inches wide for the ones that go for the arm. So they just go right between the bicep and deltoid, mm-hmm. and the leg cuffs are four inches. Yeah. Um, we did those specifically uh, for the specific reason that we can find LOP, that limb occlusion pressure, because if it's more, if it's narrower than two inches it's too narrow to occlude the artery. Mm. There's not enough pressure yeah. over a great surface yeah, area. Not enough surface area. And that's what I was going to eventually get to Nick, but uh, for, for folks again at home who are unfamiliar with the training technique, you pressure, you, you strap up, whether it's a, a strap, you kind of cinch it up with like a, a clip and a hinge type setup around the arm or the leg. And you try it like we, uh, Nick was talking earlier, try to just re- restrict that blood flow and get a pooling effect. Or we have the pneumatic, an pressurized type that like you actually have a little more accuracy and control uh, in objective feedback on how much pressure you're creating. But like going to Nick's point is there's a level of individuality because if you have like tiny pipe cleaner arms like John. It's true. Versus like enormous biceps like me and Tex. Mm-hmm. It's going to be different. Pause for laughter too. Yeah. Laugh three. track, Callie. And then, um, <laughs> but what, what our feedback we often get from God, like you said, man, the journey is we've done this for a couple years on the feeds yeah. and the journey for our athletes are like, I don't know about this. Well, so I'm going to get the cheap cuffs off Amazon. Then they're going to be like, dudes yeah. are going to have the nice ones to go, dude, my legs were torched from that training. It was awesome. And then what's yeah. going to happen is those guys with the cheap cuffs are going to go. I didn't really feel it in my legs. Well, it's like, well, the, the it needs some good tools, right? Well, one you need a way to replicate it. Smart, so smart tools. Well, that's kind of why when I reached out to Nick, I was like, uh, uh, you know, we, we we're in a big BFR cycle right now in Grindstone, and as I was going through and looking all the products, trying to like put together, you know, Luke put kind of put together a BFR guy that we could shoot out and say, hey, um, you know, based on your price tolerance, like here's who we recommend. And so when I reached out and I was like, hey, man, like, uh, can I buy some cups? And you were like, well, we're, you know, going through this we got issue. this ventilator thing. Yeah, we got this ventilator thing. <laughs> I was like, I'll buy them, send them. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know. And so uh, the biggest issue that I ran into why we couldn't replicate was, one, like you said, there is no LLP. So if you have a strap, I used to take, like, a bleach pen and do little lines on it and then try to kind of play with it. But for me, it's different than you. So then you're like, well, give it a 7 out of 10. I mean, that's like uh, RPE, like a yeah, like rate subjective. of perceived effort. It's, it's projective. Yeah. And then the other problem problem is I knew that the cuffs were too narrow because when we used a wider cuff and I can't remember where I used a wider cuff, we used um, felt a dr- knee wraps. That's what it was. I felt a dramatic more pump in my lower leg. Like all of a sudden I like saw my VMO blow up and like my lower leg was way more pumped uh, and my glute was more pumped. When we went narrow, it was just more painful and I didn't get nearly the pump. So it was almost like, um, and I remember talking to Dr. Sato about that and him being like, well, you got to start light and kind of add pressure as you go. And there's like a, you know, the way that they were doing it, but even their cuffs were way too narrow. 
and it, it, it almost just felt like a like a searing deal. So I for needed legs, more right? yeah for for the legs. Uh, the arms I thought were a little small, uh, like like not as big either, because what had happened, like the pressure wasn't uniform over the cuff. It almost like came to a point. So like even though the cuff was this big, yeah, like overinflated tire, yeah. right? Like you'd have the wear yeah, pattern in yeah, the center. Exactly. And so like uh, all this feedback I gave to people, I was like, dude, it needs to be consistent pressure like a tire that comes this way, not as a point. Uh, you know, the straps have to be, um, you know, strong enough to wear like, hey, if I'm going to, you know, if I'm a big dude and all of a sudden I get my legs pumped and they grow by an inch that your strap just doesn't fucking explode. Uh, <laughs> which has happened. Which happened. Mm -hmm. And so we saw all of these problems. And I just remember being like, and I know like Luke, <laughs> we were like, man, like I wish somebody would come up with a cuff, one that we couldn't break two that we could actually uh, measure and replicate the pressure. So mm -hmm. that's why, yeah. and then that's kind of how we found you and I reached out to get you on the podcast. Yeah, you hit it on the head with, with consistency because it's going to change from person to person, right? So finding that limb occlusion pressure and that, that just creates consistency from workout to workout because, I mean, obviously a 7 out of 10 is completely subjective. Um, but we know people are going to get the cheap bands first and then they're going to, they're going to level up each time. Right. Um, eventually hopefully just settle on us because they're just like, I should have just did that to begin with and not have you know any issues, um, or spend more money just going cheaper route. Um, you know, but are you going to get results with that with that? Sure. I mean, the research has shown that people get results, but is it going to be consistent from person to person just because, you know, this bodybuilder had amazing success by wrapping up does not mean your average person that's much smaller or bigger, or whatever is going to get those same results because you're not quantifiably um, measuring the limb occlusion pressure from each for each person. Right. So with that said, um, maybe we can talk a little bit about application, right? So that in you're dealing with the customers directly, like, yeah. like, how are your customers using it? What are they like? And what was some of the feedback that you got on your early iterations? Sure. Yeah. So uh, most of our Gen 2 customers were clinics. Mm -hmm. So most of them were physical therapists, chiropractors, um, but also performance centers. They were ma mainly using them. Um, we have a good relationship with Exos. Um, they've been great partners with us. Um, a handful of NBA teams, NFL teams, and Ohio State's been excellent as well. Um, since their proximity, I drive down there, get in there. Right. The football team's fantastic. They rent them out to players um, for you know post game recovery. Um, they were doing a lot of good stuff. So, um, but mainly the gym too, like I said, mainly clinical. They started renting them out to patients to take home, especially when COVID hit to do tele a lot of telehealth. That's where we really see the future um, for patients is telehealth. You know, and our consumer product, uh, the Gen 3 consumer model, um, is perfect for that because it does everything the PT would do in the clinic and they can do it at home. Mm -hmm. um, where we really wanted to go with the Gen 3, though, is the performance side of things because we really saw an uptick in sales from, on the performance side towards like quarter three, quarter four of, uh, of last year for the Gen 2s. And it was premature because we really weren't ready for the performance side yet because the product really wasn't designed for the performance side. Mm -hmm. It was too clunky. You know, uh, we wanted something to where the athlete can take home and and, and uh, do ischemic preconditioning and do BFR at home or, um, you know, virtually with their trainer 
because uh, everybody is does they do a lot of virtual training too as you guys know right, right. you guys get a ton of it so um, it's getting more and more popular so that is really what the Gen 3 was designed for that's where we see the future of BFR going um, you know that's what our future models are gonna our, our new products are gonna look like um, among other things um, it's, it's frustrating because we got a lot of new products cooking it's just everything is just put the brakes on because right. of this COVID thing and needs to, it needs to go away. <laughs> um, have you guys paired up? I mean, um, I'm, I know you guys are probably in your infancy, but have you guys uh, looked at, um, you know, doing any research with it? I mean, I'm, I'm always constantly interested with, um, you know, as the technology improves, I think so does the application and more importantly, the results, yeah, because yeah. then you can start seeing it. Like, I mean, I, it's probably been three or four years, uh, maybe even a little bit longer. I mean, I'll periodically go through it, but I did like an information dump on BFR and it was, uh, like you said, it was mostly used in rehab, a lot with elderly people and there was some really exciting stuff, but there was always a limitation in the application and the technology they were using. So, like, having something more standardized, I mean, um, you know, it'd be great if, like, you know, you have Ohio State and you're able to go in and, you know, use this and do some research and say, hey, you know what, like, you know, these players used it. This is where we tested them. This is, like, you know, increased muscle size and be able to, and I'm sure that's on your horizon, but to actually have some, yeah. some stuff like that so that, because, I mean, like, the biggest question we get is, um, you know, does it work? Yes. Uh, but can I guarantee results based upon your application and the way that you're using it? So like, uh, I, I always wonder too, if a certification comes down it's like, okay, and I, I haven't done yours, but like, this is exactly how you use it for the given purpose. And then kind of almost silo that out. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, uh, as far as research goes, yeah, we, we get hit up for research a lot. Um, before COVID hit, it was probably once a week we are getting hit up for uh, research. They would send us, you know, the outline of the study that they wanted to do. Um, we don't charge them for product. Um, but uh, yeah, th some of the studies were good. Um, there was a, there's one, I believe it was at Jacksonville state. It was with the football team and they were getting some pretty crazy results for their off season training. Um hasn't been published yet. They're not done with it yet. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm kind of waiting to see the results on that. Um, but um, yeah, mostly it was just kind of rehashed of what was already done. Um, when people ask us what kind of research they want to do, we push them more to the more towards the performance side um, because there's a ton on clinical, not much on performance, mm -hmm. um, not much on ischemic preconditioning. Um, I, I keep mentioning ischemic preconditioning um, it, it's a staple in our level two course that's sports performance based. And we feel it's going to be very big over the next two to three years. Um, it's basically, you're fully occluding the limb for five minutes. Now this is passive. You're not doing any motion movement exercise whatsoever. You do it pre and or post event. So before a game or after a game to recover or, or prep, um, full occlusion for five minutes five minutes off, five minutes on, mm. five minutes off. You do that three times. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a simple, it, it's, it's built into our software on our pro unit for the gen three. Mm -hmm. um, so you don't have to do anything. You just sit there, put, you press IPC mode and then it does the rest. Tex, um, I just found my new program. <laughs> What's yeah, uh, it, it, ischemic can, conditioning. Can, can you go into like not, what it's doing? <laughs> I mean, like, um, I mean, obviously full occlusion. I mean, you're trying to create this, 
uh, hypoxic, yeah. you know, like, uh, um, you know, I think I remember looking at it, it was like growth hormone, androgens, myostatin, like every growth factor that you could wrap your head around ramped up, yeah. like, you know, ex- uh, exponentially. So I guess it's that same effect, but in a passive way, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, I will say, and I try to preface this as much as possible to people, it is not therapeutic by any stretch of the imagination. It is not a spa treatment. Like it is not going to be comfortable. Hmm. Um, so don't go into it thinking, oh, I'm just going to chill here, watch some TV. It is not the most comfortable thing in the world. However, once after the first few times you do it, you get used to it. I've done probably at least four or 500 cycles of testing units over the last month. So my, <laughs> my leg is, <laughs> my leg is used to it now. Yeah, um, yeah. but it is, it's a, it's a process. And so we, we try to tell mm-hmm. our health professionals that take our courses, you got to educate your client on this. Yeah. There's a tolerance not, piece to it, right? Exactly. You have to educate them and tell them, Hey, this is not going to be the most comfortable thing in the world. You're going to feel some tightness. Tell them up front so they're not surprised. Because when they're surprised, they just want it off. Right. And they're not, there's no accountability. They're not going to do it at all. Well, that's what so a beautiful thing it. about meatheads. Uh, like, we're yeah. just too dumb. We're like, oh, this feels like a great pump. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. My biceps look great in the mirror. Holy shit, they're five, purple. Five they're purple, but they're all right. Yeah. And then, like, you could be sitting at your computer and next thing you know, your arms are completely straight. And you're like, <laughs> oh, this hurts. Oh, my God. Yeah, we get tagged for like, hey, I got my roadmaps on my arm. And then they post it. We're like, yeah, yeah, you're going to get roadmaps for sure. That's what you want. You can get it with DFR. So what, I mean, like, uh, what's the intended outcome for the, uh, what is it, ischemic reconditioning? Intended outcome is uh, to blunt the DOMS process. Mm. That's really the goal. And increase performance uh, or uh, a blunt fatigue. we were, we started doing it, um, on like a kind of just trial basis with the, uh, the Dallas FC team. And they were seeing some pretty crazy things in, in, the, um, the last second half of games, their guys just huh. weren't fatiguing out as much as they would, um, injuries reduced. Now, again, this is all just small sample sizes. Is it a, a formal study? No. So, don't be like, Where, where's the study to cite that? I don't have one. Yeah, well, so like, don't email me asking and for that's, me to send And, and don't email me after. That's I have the athletic yeah, trainer saying I'm some crazy things. So, I mean, it, like, I guess it is a bit, in theory, like, it's kind of cost prohibitive in the sense you have to buy the equipment. But when you're thinking sure. about, like, okay, so you need 25 minutes at halftime for something that's, like, extremely non-invasive, like, why do you need the research? Just try it, right? Um, I, I think... Um, uh, people use the term like, Hey, where's the research on this? Uh, yeah. when they are, mm. don't want to buy it. So where's like, your it, research yeah, on that, John? Yeah, yeah. Do you have any research <laughs> on that? Whereas like, yeah. I mean, uh, like the way I look at it with the, with the blood flow restriction, I mean, we've been doing it for so long, like, and have used so many different, uh, systems, sample sets. I mean, read so much research that I, in my head, I kind of know exactly like, um, you know, what the desired outcome and I'm looking for that piece. And that's why I was excited to reach out. But it's like, I, like if we can just replicate just some of the effects, uh, in yeah. a, you know, and, and like, here, here's the issue. You're going to do the sets and reps anyways. Yeah, well, but I mean, it, sure. it, it's kind of another piece too. Well, and it, this you, is the other thing. And, and maybe you've, uh, delved into it. But I also think that there is um, 
a few factors that in, in, that we've seen that have actually increased the efficacy of it. One, like you said, is uh, people have a fairly high aerobic base. So we found that, you know, aerobic base builds that mitochondrial density, which I think allows people to, you know, I mean, like, uh, you know, blood pressure, I mean, all these other factors. So having a bigger aerobic base, you know, especially if you're lifting weights, tends, the people tend to have uh, a better response with BFR opposed from somebody who's not in shape. Um, You know, and that could be everything from, you know, arterial blood flow. I mean, uh, you know, venous, you know, uh, elasticity. The other one is, uh, for some reason, the people that were stronger tended to be able to, uh, you know, hit and be able to do more. Hmm. So, like, the idea of, like, you know, if you've lifted weights for a while, you understand what true failure is. You also understand how to push through that and, like, and that um, build up of lactate or the burning, whatever you f- that you're feeling, like, that ability to drive past that. So, I found that people that were relatively newer to strength training or weren't as strong hadn't necessarily experienced it, so didn't know how to push past it. And, uh, and, and an analogy, John, and um, Nick, I'm coaching some uh, high, uh, middle schoolers, and they're being introduced right. in their football class. And you have them doing BFR? Hearing, no, 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 no. Oh. I'm hearing the kids complain because I ask them about oh, it. The bar on the back? The bar on the back. Oh, uh, so it hurts. Imagine they're, they lift weights for the next 10 years, and then they're finally in their mid-20s introduced to BFR, and they'll get that same, like, ah. Uh-huh. But it, it's... Stress inoculation. Well, yeah, when we when we introduced it on Jack Street, John, I added a little uh, little narrative there, or like maybe the video from um, Three Hundred, uh-huh. where it's like this will not end quickly. Or like, this will not end quickly. <laughs> he will, will not, not enjoy this. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> like you said though, Nick. Like yeah. there is, it's like five or six sessions, and you start to like, yeah. you can wrap your head around what you're getting into. And like, do you remember that day we were at Old Power Athlete and we were basically did like 20 minutes of chain lunges? Uh, yeah, there's John, a picture of us. Like, I think I, I have remember. my hood up. I know. Yeah, you look cool and collected and like totally handling pain like a pro. <laughs> Me, on the other hand, just imploding. just like the pain face I had, Nick, was just so embarrassing. Yeah, no, I, I was like, hey, <laughs> let's wrap these things up. And we were using leg straps or uh, knee wraps mm-hmm. and we set the clock and it was like, okay, like uh, the 20 or 40 pound or chains are 20 pounds, put them around your neck. We're going to lunge back and forth for like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. it was uh, like the pain and like, you know, you're feeling this like nausea coming up. Mm-hmm. And I just know that like, you know, I know that I'm not going to die from this. I know that I've done through this training. I know how to push through this. I know what this feels like. And, yeah. um, you know, and then to be able to have the conditioning to be able to, you know, hit the level that you yeah, need. Get the reps. Be, well, yeah, I mean, because it's... Uh, like people are always like, well, how many reps? I'm like, it's got to be to failure. If you can do one more, do one more. And then when you fail, go to the next movement, take a, you know, short rest, you know, 20 minutes under the gun and just blast it out. And, uh, it was, it was pretty amazing. The people that had more training history who were stronger, uh, that were in better shape, had dramatically better experiences and were like, dude, this is the truth opposed from people. When the the first thing people are like, well, I didn't get much, um, uh, benefit out of the occlusion my first question is like how's your conditioning are you doing some form of aerobic work what does that look like and then the other key one is uh it'll work better this when you get stronger and like those two seem to be you know and this is obviously there's no research so don't email me asking for it this is just having put i mean we've put thousands of people through bfr training for years and used every system seen all this you know looked at it and uh, i mean we did the same for the ems devices with Compex and then power dot and it was pretty universal that they would get big aerobic base and strong people that can push through it tend to have way better results than the people that bitch out. 
Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I, we get a lot too. people not using enough weight or too much weight. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to keep within that 30, 40, 50% one rep max, maybe not 40, I mean, maybe not 50, but you know, you want to start off low. We always say always undercook before you overcook, mm-hmm. you know, you always can put the steak back on the grill if need be, but once it's overcooked, yeah. it's shot. So it, we use that analogy, especially with our patients. Um, but the same goes for clients too, because you, you don't want to, you don't want to just bum rush them, but yeah, no, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. And I, I think people it's proper, proper use. I mean, if you use it properly, you're going to get the effects just plain and simple. Um, but there's also some pretty crazy research too, about, um, if you have trouble, say you're, you're uh, bodybuilders, especially, you know, you're trying to get bigger biceps or bigger triceps or a specific muscle group. You're really starting you're trying to target. Um, it's pretty crazy what they're showing in the fact that, uh, certain muscle groups will fatigue quicker and it will force other types of muscle fibers to overcompensate and recruit. Mm-hmm. So it's usually a lot sometimes with people that have, you know, trouble growing their biceps, um, their deltoids, their anterior deltoids want to take over. And with BFR, their anterior deltoids are just gas and their biceps have no choice to take over to do the curl. Just that's a basic analogy, but you kind of see what I'm going is that it will fatigue out um, one type of muscle fibers to the other one, more recruitment of others. Right. Well, didn't, right. I mean, wasn't it a fact where uh, muscle fibers were all uh, fatiguing at the same rate opposed from like a, a, you know, an order, like you got to cook through these to get to these. And I thought that was an interesting observation they made on the, uh, yeah. uh, the hypoctic situation. You know, when you create it, basically everything fatigues at the same time. So you can attack those two X fibers instead of having to get through the order. Yeah. We, we see, you see that in the research too, with, um, the chest or the, the that's what the hypothesize about. Can I grow my chest, even though the cuff mm-hmm. is distal to my pack, can it grow pecs? And yeah, um, how that's done, don't really know. They think that it's it's just fatiguing out the triceps yeah. so quickly that your chest have no choice but to contract. Right. And it for, like for anyone who's done it, like I'm just thinking of BFR arms with hex press, right? Yeah. Like and like you you're used to this patterning, this this firing pattern, and you're used to like the the comp like compensatory assistance of of your shoulders yeah. and triceps but they're gone. Like they are gone. They're working still. Yeah. And I th- like, so it is a very different sensation doing like any of the pressing after yeah. some BFR arms. Dude, sure. I remember when, um, I was training at metrics before I got trained over to the 12 and I would go in there and do BFR. This was, a uh, so, um, my gym that we owned was in uh, Newport beach. We owned a CrossFit gym and I would stop at this bodybuilder gym and lift weights. Cause I don't want to train at my own gym. Um, so I'd stop at this place and I would do BFR. And I remember one old man as uh, I was doing the arms and just like, I think I was doing like uh, that cable fly or um, like a, like a, a pec fly machine. Ooh, yeah. And I was doing like this Pecked and kind of like yeah. hit like four or five of the machines. And the guy like, I must have death face. Cause the old guy's like, you better slow down or you're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> and I remember like looking at this old man, like realizing like probably my face was probably white, you know, like I'm like constantly like looking for capillary refill on my fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, my fucking arms are about to explode out. I got these weird wraps on and this old dude's like, you better slow down. You're going to hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I think I, uh, I punched him in his face and kept going. Yeah. But... These pythons aren't going <laughs> to grow themselves. Old man. Yeah. I was like, I don't need your negativity on well, my training. Hard ass. 
uh, but uh, it, like in hindsight, and then uh, I had another one where I put them on the legs and I would, uh, uh, like it was banded leg press. Mm-hmm. So I'd hook a bunch of bands up and just do like, uh, until I threw up and um, I'd just get a massive pump. Would you say that if, if we were to like, let's say we were to create an analogy between nutrition or food selection and training and BFR, would training BFR arms kind of be like eating beef liver? You know, like it's good for you, except like it's pretty potent. You're like, only, it's not like an enjoyable experience. I, but after you do it for a while and yeah. you learn like maybe how to season things up a little bit, uh, like it's I like tolerable. the frozen liver cut into little cubes and I just swallow them. Well, well, that's Nick, BFR legs. Yeah, Nick, you y'all were <laughs> voted best fitness wearable according to BusinessInsider.com. Ooh. Uh, oh yeah, I know. That was uh was that from CES? It uh yes, yeah, C- CES 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, they Yeah, so we were at CES, we did a lot of interviews, um and they were just like, "Man, this tech needs to get out there." Yeah. Um because it's just it can help a lot of people. It can help a lot of people. Um especially the older population. Uh, you know, preventing sarcopenia mm-hmm. um, or older population that are afraid to lift weights or so many people are afraid to lift weights. Uh, maybe you guys see it. Maybe you don't. We get a lot of people are like, I don't want to get too bulky or I'm like, I've spent a whole it, life it trying does- to get bulky and it's not that fucking easy. <laughs> like I, I, I love when you get these emails where people are like, I put on muscle so easily and I'm always like, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not, like, well, I mean like we get these emails all mm-hmm. the time. It's like, I put on muscle yeah. so easy and I'm like, you realize it's not that easy to put on muscle that like, you know, the process yeah. and this, and mm-hmm. then like, like they go, well, well, and I'm like, um, yeah, I, I, I who was our, our gal, you remember Michaela, uh, for the, uh-huh. um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. uh, when we yeah. were doing, oh, no names, no names, yeah. no names. Sorry. Uh, we, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. We were doing this gig for the military and we had to bring in these proposal writers mm-hmm. and the one gal was like, yeah, I don't lift weights. I just put on yeah, muscle. I weight just too. get so jacked. I so just get easily. so muscular. I just don't want to do it. And like this whole thing. And we're, I'm just and she was a sweetheart. Like she's yeah. very nice. And, um, but I will tell you, Nick, like nothing really screamed like <laughs> fitness model about her. You know what okay. I mean? Like there's certainly like some ground to cover and opportunity for her. But she puts on muscle so easily that that if she even looks at a weight, she gets muscular. Yeah, and going back to, like, here's a real-world example. My old man's a a retiring, in the process retiring, he's a dentist, right? And so those dudes are, like, have all sorts of very acute uh, end-of-limb, wrist, hand, elbow type of issues. And, like, Mm -hmm. there's a a perfect example, right, of a dude who's, like, feels discomfort and pain, but if maybe was on a, a BFR protocol just hitting a couple different exercises and uh, mobility drills in under BFR, like probably could see a huge improvement in terms of quality of life mm-hmm. with something that's relatively yeah. like, again, not super invasive, not very time, uh, like a, a significant time commitment, but you're talking like right. 20 minutes, maybe a little bit of discomfort, but that's something that you, you titrate and really become accustomed to. And like, there's huge sure. upside to that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's all. I mean, my dad, my my dad, for instance, he had, um, you know, he had a heart surgery over here at the Cleveland Clinic about two years ago. He had to get a valve replaced, mm-hmm. and you know, EFR was part of the training. Um, you know, it, they they're just like, yeah, the research is good, and that's Cleveland Clinic. I mean, right, come on. right, man, like cardiopulmonary, <laughs> Cleveland yeah. Clinic. Like, they they're just like, yeah, this is uh, this is good. Uh, this is good stuff. You just you just got to make sure 
if you have any, like, just any guess that you might not be a candidate for BFR, just consult your physician. You're going to do that with any training program because we, that's the number one question I get. Like we do social media ads, we do YouTube videos. Or you always get that one jackass that's like, this is going to throw a clot. This is going to, it's like, well, no, it's really not because the research hasn't yeah. shown that. Well, so, uh, you brought up a great point. Um, yeah. You know, just for your legal, you almost have to be like, remember to consult your doctor. The only problem is I've never met a doctor that knew anything about strength training. Uh, and yeah. no, even yeah. little, like even less about nutrition. It's like, hang on, John, I'm yeah. going on a smoke break. I'll yeah. be back. And uh, I mean, it like, uh, doc, <laughs> uh, doc Parsley, who's our, uh, buddy who was, who yeah. was, uh, a seal doc. So he was uh, a seal and then became, uh, you know, went to med school and was a seal doc. He's like, do you know how, what the nutrition offering in med school is? He's like, it was like one day. And he's like, you know, when they talked about strength training, zero. So he's like, you know, a lot of these doctors come out and they, he's like, they just don't, he goes, there's, you know, oh, that guy's got bro science. The bodybuilder down the road probably knows a hell of a lot more. And, and right. Parsi's like, I learned more lifting weights and he's a strong dude. He's like, I learned more lifting weights in high school than I ever learned in med school for lifting weights and performance training and this type of stuff. And he's like, but then you get these doctors like, you shouldn't squat below parallel. It's bad for your knees or, you know, you're going to have an aneurysm. And I'm like, so why like... Just because you got a lab coat on doesn't necessarily give you the right to fucking curb stomp things because you don't understand them and you don't do them yourself. Sure. So no, that, yeah, totally real world from a legal standpoint. Yeah, we said uh, the exact same. Make sure you consult your doctor before embarking on any exercise program. I, yeah, it sounds like a, a freaking the pharmaceutical commercial, right? If you have an erectile, if you have an erection lasting longer than three hours, consult your <laughs> physician. If you have a pump lasting three hours, consult your physician. No. Um, but yeah, no, if you're, if you're cleared for resistance training, you can do BFR. Yeah. Um, obviously you're not going to be cleared for resistance training. If you have heart murmur or extremely high blood pressure, that's not, you're not taking medications for, you know, if you've had a DVT in the last month, you know, you're, these are, these are things that are hard nose, uh, for BFR that you need further screening for. Um, but you're totally right. Now, a lot of physical therapists, and I'm starting to find a lot of sports orthopedists know what BFR is. Mm -hmm. Um, the family of physicians, no, uh, but the sports orthos more and more every, it feels like every month I'm getting more patients from ortho saying my ortho said I need to do BFR at home to rehab. So that's encouraging. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Well, I mean, you you also got to think too, with, like you said, with the telehealth and this COVID environment that the, that the rehab clinics and the orthopedists are looking for ways for them to treat and have their patients train, uh, virtually like, um, you know, like the, uh, power dot units, like the EMS devices being able to recruit, you know, motor unit, uh, firing like that mixed with this. Like that gives you like a pretty good, if you could like send people these units, you know, key in with them, have something, you know, like prescribe them stuff. That'd be pretty, like, you'd be pretty spot on. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously you wouldn't have any of the, um, you know, modalities that you see in the, in the rehab clinics, like, you know, ice and stem and fucking ultrasound. Right. But I think you're better off without those anyway. Um, it, it's pretty amazing. Like I had my shoulder surgery almost 10 months ago and uh, when I went in or when I got out of surgery, they gave me no painkillers. They gave me a nerve block that lasted for like three or four days. And uh, when I talked to them, I was like, I don't want to take any painkillers. I don't want anything. Cause if you look at the way the tissue lays down, it's dramatically different uh, in the healing process, you know, without opiates. And so like, yeah. you know, now they're, you know, progressing in this way. So I, I feel like 
medicine is moving into a smarter place than it was where it was just like, hey, cut them, dope them up, and then get them out the door and, you know, do some fucking rehab. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that, that's you know, we really, I mean, we push early stage uh, rehab, you know, post-surgical so they can start loading better. Um, especially with the athletes too, because they can get back into the sport quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it prevents that atrophy from setting in, um, that that's where we really see the difference, um, with the recovery time being shortened, um, just from a rehab standpoint. So Nick, like in the strength and conditioning world, there's oftentimes yeah. these battles over nuance, which like have, have appropriate places determining on what the objective is for training, whether it's range yeah. of motion, rate of force development, f- the focus and tempo on specific muscle contractions, whether it's isometric, concentric, or eccentric. Um, mm-hmm. So with like understanding these variables and that they're tools used within the sports performance paradigm to elicit yeah. a specific training response, like you pair that, granularity with now the commercial availability of a lot of BFR technology and then overlay like the increased awareness, right? You're talking about sports orthos are hearing about it. Are those things going to mix together like peanut butter and, and uh, chocolate? Like, is that where research is ultimately going with this thing is like, okay, now can we get into the nuance of what people look at in terms of training methodologies apply yeah. it to BFR <laughs> and determine which is the most optimal, which they're probably going to find out it's individualized, but like, that's probably where research would, would trend with this, right? Yeah. It's heading, it's heading that way. Yeah. A lot of it started clinical and now it's, I think it's heading more towards training study was released. Uh, the former instructor, buddy of mine, uh, Dr. Rolnick out of New York and then uh, Dr. Um, uh, Schoenfeld, I might be mispronouncing it's Brad. Um, they, they published, um, a BFR, um, kind of paper on, uh, for bodybuilding, BFR and bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're doing some pretty cool stuff with that. Um, it's needed because it's, there's not a ton on it. Yeah. Um, it's like, that it's mostly been clinical. So I, I really, any research that comes to us, we want to push more BFR research to the performance and, uh, bodybuilding side of things. Not so much rehab because we kind of know it's saturated, hey, right? it'll work to rehab. So it's wh- there. So with that said, man, what are you like? What are you hearing? What's on the cusp? Like, what's the hum? What's the buzz within that that performance hypertrophy or strength develop power development? Um, in season training, I feel like I feel like when I tell people to do BFR during the in season training, they're like, "Oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense." They just don't think about it that way. Right. They just think about it from a clinical like post-op surgery or my guy's injured. I need to put the BFR on them to get them back. But they don't say like, well, you can do it in season training for healthy guys and girls um, because it, 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 it mitigates the, the atrophy. It it mitigates um, a lot of strength losses. Um, And it deloads the joints, especially for football and basketball too. Basketball is another big one too, Uh, but knees, obviously Mm -hmm. guys. Um, So that's where we really see it in sport. Um, but for the elderly too, deloading the joints, loading those joints, um, with lower loads, but getting the benefits of muscle growth, mm-hmm. um, without using too much weight. I feel like that's huge. And there's a, there needs to be a, sh- a big education curve to those people. Yeah. Um, 
We just got to get to them. Yeah. That, that's the biggest thing. And like that principle is so important. Here comes a big one, guys. That the fact that you can replicate the, a training response with a heavier load when you apply BFR and use lighter loads to failure. Like, let's just yeah. pretend your gym shut down and you're stuck at home. Mm. Okay? Mm. You're stuck at home and you are... When would that ever happen? I don't know, John. Nobody knows. Literally <laughs> right now. And then let's say you go on Facebook and it's all of a sudden... Weights are $5 a pound for used equipment. I know, it's And insane. these goddamn thieves are trying to sell you 50-pound dumbbells. For like, 200, yeah. for like 250 bucks. An absolute travesty. A sham and a mockery. A travesty yeah. mockery. Well, if you have yourself I a nice... I can hear the outrage in your voice. I just can't believe it. Uh, it's unreal. But if you had a pair of BFR cuffs, you can go to Home yeah. Depot... And get, get some cinder blocks. Get, get yourself some cinder, cinder blocks that tip the scales about 35 pounds. I'll tell you what... Is there, a, is, is there a program like <laughs> this? And you could even get the guidance of daily training, John. I mean, I'm talking movement selection, sequencing, load, volume, intensity. Where would somebody find this magic? Just Google <laughs> a program called Third Monkey by Power Athlete. Oh. The premier cinder block program in strength and conditioning. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, Nick, and I think that's like what any at-home gym like anybody who's an enthusiast should have their BFR set up for at-home. Well, um, like... So uh, years ago, I wrote an article. Uh, this guy asked me, like, how good a shape do I need to be in? And I wrote this uh, article that's like, you, you know, you have to be in shape. To, you know, the better shape you're in, the stronger you can become. Uh, um, you know, the better conditioned you are to be able to recover in between sets and, like, you know, really understanding that aerobic piece. And uh, I think what's really pretty fascinating is when you put somebody into a BFR situation and you start trying to work them through, like, max reps in 20 minutes and you're going to go to this to failure in here. Like, there's a, a pretty heavy... Um, uh, conditioning component that the only time I've ever really ever replicated it was I did BFR on my arms and legs and then got on and tried to kill myself on the assault bike. Mm -hmm. And I think I ended up uh, laying on the ground for about 20 minutes um, and contemplating the end of my life. But like <laughs> that situation of putting yourself in that hypoxic situation like is incredible for not only conditioning and a lot of other factors, but uh, the one thing, and like we said earlier, I think, and this is where, it's kind of a little bit of a disconnect for older people, especially if they never lifted weights. Like, not that you have to do that on day one, but there has to be a progression. And so I think when you get into this stuff uh, and we start talking about general population, like the one thing that's not really pushed is being like, you're going to have to do a little bit more today than you did yesterday. And we're going to have to, you know, increase it. And mm -hmm. this idea of like what you did today isn't necessarily going to be where you're going to go tomorrow. And being able to kind of sell that on like, uh, you know, like if we start at X, we have to move along the spectrum and like, this is where we need to get you. And like, uh, all too often, I think what happens is, is people are like, well, I threw it on last time. I'm just going to keep doing the same. Just like if you lift the same heavy, if you lift the same weight, every time you go in the gym, you make no progress. So there is some right. form of like progressive overload, mm -hmm. uh, principle mm -hmm. that has to be adhered. I mean, progressive overload is uh, you know, universal principle for strength training. And I think this is no different. It's just being able to kind of couch and sell that in a interesting way to people that have never lifted weights. Like I keep thinking like my mom's 80, um, she would benefit from this, but most of the time I would take dealing with her is getting her to the point where like, yeah, I know it hurts. Like it's supposed to, you're supposed to feel uncomfortable. And I think like for, uh, you know, for people that are elderly, that's a, 
a harder sell or at least maybe selling it up front so that you can push it a little farther down the line. No pain, no gain, Doris. You hear that? You're in my <laughs> world now, grandma. Oh, grandma. Dude, cause she'd be like, ow, this hurts. You're an asshole. And then she would like take it off and throw it at me. Well, now your back's going to hurt, Doris, because you just pulled landscaping <laughs> duty. Uh, she'd probably stab you in the eye with a knife, Tex. Mm-hmm. She, uh, she's probably, yeah. You know that Mista Mista lady? <laughs> <laughs> Mista Mista. Another, another thing we get, too, is people are like, um, the shit, the, the, doesn't replace heavy loading right that, that's another thing people get it's misconstrued they're like so i don't need to do heavy load anymore no you do need to do heavy load that's that's not what we're saying it's a great accessory tool to mitigate joint load mm-hmm. over overload rather so that, it's just a great adjunct to your training um, so you don't get hurt because you know you get those people as a bodybuilder you know they work six work out six seven days a week they're notorious for joint issues. We work with some major ones and they, they, they're like, yeah, the joint issues are the biggest problems because they do so, they work out so often. Mm-hmm. And this is a great adjunct to that. It's a lot like a conditioner. I think I explained it to somebody like mm, a conditioner. Yeah. It's like, you got to wash your hair yeah. and you don't have to condition every time, but you right. don't just condition your hair unless you just want it to grow really long. I don't know. What's all that rinse and repeat talk on the label though? <laughs> you know, <laughs> have you ever done that? Never. Uh, you've ne- the That's, second time you do, you just have to do a little bit and you get a super bunch of foam because <laughs> I saw the the rinse and repeat and I'm like, let me try it a second time. No, I don't but nobody washes their hair twice. No way. They just want you to use more shampoo. That's what I'm thinking, McQuilkin. It's a play for, by the shampoo but conglomerates. But time? Don't don't you just take a bar of soap and rub it on that no, scalp? I'm glad you asked. Well, it's I learned juice. that. Um, Soap is made from animal fat, so I just use bacon grease. <laughs> Where'd you learn that? In Fight Club? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I also fertilize my yard with motor oil. Um, Selling their fat ass right back to them. It's a great movie. Um, so, Nick, question for you. I got actually two, co- two questions. One kind of technical yeah. and way left, or like kind of way of a backtrack. So when you're talking yeah. about like uh, limb occlusion pressure, can that vary from le- like right to left? on an individual and then could it vary from like day to day as well? Uh, it, it can vary from like right arm to left arm. Yes. Uh Um, can it? Yes. Does it often? Eh, not, not that often, but it can. Um, is it going to vary from day to day? No. Uh, there was a study done. I want to say in the summer of last year, I want to say somewhere on there, uh, they looked at it and it didn't change really from month to month. Not a, big change. So mm-hmm. you really want to do it, maybe retest your LLP, maybe every 30 to 45 days. Okay. Uh, Cause it's not going to change that much, which is great because it's kind of a pain doing it. I mean, it takes a two, three minutes and it, it's not exactly the most comfortable thing in the world with our unit. It saves your limb occlusion pressure, not to, you know, put a plug in here, but Hey, this is what ours does. Uh, it makes yeah. your life way easier. This is kind it of one of those jobs because we're getting into that too. <laughs> Pipe up. No. Yeah. yeah, it it's uh it's your LOP. So all you have to do is just say, I want to work out at this intensity level, mm-hmm. save your LOP, and then it just pumps it up to that pressure, and then you're good to go. Right. Well, within 30 seconds, you're good to go exercise. So is it something like a like you said earlier, blood pressure with uh what is it? Um the diastolic and the like where it brings it up to like a max, you know, like when they pump it up, they pump it up, they overdo it, and then it brings it back uh, down. You can see your heartbeat, and that's how they kind of measure it. Is it kind of a similar deal yeah. where it kind of takes you up to that uh, that peak pressure, and then it kind of comes down, and maybe at like the first beat, it kind of kicks on? So, yeah. So what we do, we're not – so 
this is also confusing too with people are like why can't i use my systolic and diastolic pressures we're not using those but we're going over occlusion and backing it down and then we use our algorithm algorithm to how do you know you're occluded accurate, accurately judge when it's occluded how, but how do you know it's included like is there something within like i mean i i guess uh like the cuff is giving feedback of the pressure and how it reacts. I mean, I'm not asking you to get into the algorithm, but something. Along oh those yeah. Lines. I was going to say it, 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 we can get super technical as far as like, what is like the BPV value of these spikes in the sensor? It's all in the sensor coding. Okay. It's all in that. So it really looks at the artery and the intensity of the beat. And then it, it, it we're talking milliseconds. It, it, it measures it's a, it's a, um, it uses what's called the oscillometric method. Um, so like your wireless blood pressure cuffs do this. Um, a lot of things use this. Um, it's so like your, your at home, your Omron blood pressure devices use it. It basically takes, um, the air in the cuff. It think of it as a wave, right? So the pressure in the cuff, as soon as it starts to see, there's no wave. So the beat of the artery will pump through the cuff, the air in the cuff will travel through the hose into the sensor. Got it. In the, so then the sensor will sense when there's no wave anymore. Yeah, yeah. And that's when it's included. Nice. That's in a very simplistic way. Yeah, yeah. No, that's like, and, and I get like, that is the major clear, like having used the other technologies, like, you know, I kind of yeah. delineate in the straps and cuffs, right? And then there's, you know, gradations up. Like there's no real good way to calibrate there. So like if you're looking for the truly optimal experience here and the main benefits, like you have to have that uh, uh, limb occlusion pressure to back down and really start to benchmark off of. It's like the proverbial yeah. for a, a trained lifter. It's the proverbial one RM and then working off of percentages. Um, sure. So I guess yeah. let, let's say though, like it, as you said, man, like the consumer journey, you know, you, even though you've now, we've now like informed thousands of people on BFR, right? Like very few yeah. <laughs> are going to go to the top. So yeah, for our listeners yeah. that are like, you know what I'm going to try? I'm going to Amazon. I'm going to go Google straps, Google like BFR straps. And there's some options there for 40 to 80 bucks for a set, something like that. Right. And like, they can be effective. What, what advice do you have for those folks? Because honestly, like if you're listening and this is you, and you're probably going to be like, no, this isn't me, but we're telling you, Nick and I are telling you, you're going to, you're going to upgrade your straps. Like you're just going to do it. Yeah. So like getting yeah. started, what do you recommend for these guys to like, to best calibrate their, their subjective feedback with a, like an analog or mechanical strap? Yeah. So, I mean, if they're just using just regular old straps, um, you want to make sure you want to make sure you're wrapping it in the right location. First and foremost, okay. we see people wrap it on their forearm calves. I know you guys, uh, you're, your, your nerves are much more superficial there. So you're going to get numbness. You're going to get potential problems down the road. Yeah, if you're doing it. Oh yeah. Uh, so well, uh, we um, always wrap on the back of the knee, the papillidius. Is that what it is? Is that how you say it? The that was my uh, nickname in high school. Uh, John. Well, on the, on the <laughs> back, uh, when we tried to do the calves, uh, for some reason, it hit like I think it was the papillidius or the nerve in the back of the knee. Coronial. Yeah. Coronial. And, and dude, like <laughs> there was a lot of um, like residual nerve pain, and the we were like, man, that's probably not a good idea to do that. John, how hot are your calves right now? <laughs> <laughs> Got this hot rope. Oh in my calf. fuck! It was um, terrible. Yeah, we always yeah, it was just so all the way up on the leg as you can, all the way up in the thigh, the medius part. And then uh, in between the deltoid and the bicep. Yeah. Um, if you're using just regular wraps, 
seven out of 10. And then, you know, for your arm, just take a look at your pulse, you know, just make sure you got it there still mm -hmm. and making sure you, you know, there's no pulse there. Um, so if there isn't a pulse, loosen it up a little bit. Um, that's the most crude way to do it. Yeah. Um, and we know people are going to do it because we see it on social media. Um, it's fine. You know, you, are you going to get results? Maybe, maybe not. Um, they might not be consistent. Um, are you more risk for injury? Yes, because you're not, there's no objectivity to it whatsoever. Right. Um, uh, then there's the next step up where you're using pneumatic cuffs. So you're inflating a cuff uh, similar to ours, but you're not measuring a, what's called the, the limb occlusion pressure, that LOP. You're not establishing a baseline. You're just basically slinging mud at the wall and see if it sticks. Yeah, this <laughs> so, feels uh, yeah. hard. Yeah, this seems right. Yeah. Yeah, and we're about a, yeah. a $30 to now $100 jump. So we're yeah. on a $100 product. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you're looking at about a, yeah. For the doubling the cheap. cost. Yeah. <laughs> and then. And then you go the next step up to ours, and then it's you, you, got, you get the whole ball of wax. Mm -hmm. You get the objectivity, you get the ease of use. Um, it's it's you know it's it's portable. Um, it's not going to cost you thousands of dollars. We do have units that are a thousand dollars and up, but that's for the health professional. That's the ones that need all the extra modes and things like that. Mm -hmm. The auto regulation. Um, that's another thing that we have in our pro unit that um so it actually monitors pressure within the cuff the entire time mm -hmm. and it will inflate and deflate to stay within that pressure range um that is more for your at-risk patients um or your daffodil patients uh <laughs> that don't like the, the spike in pain <laughs> and their first few reps uh it kind of blunts that uh that spike in pressure um you just have to maintain you're tethered to the unit. That's right. the only drop. Sure. Mm -hmm. Makes a little more different. Yeah, it's good stuff. Is there anything else we want to hammer? Do we, is there anything you want to talk about, Nick, that we haven't hit yet? I think we covered everything. You know, the only negative, I wish that we had them. Uh, I wish we had the units so we could be doing it right now. I know. I know. It's funny. Um, that's why I show you that email and you're like, dude, I know. I'm like, ah. I know. I know. I, know. I, know. I get it. I know. I know. It, I get it. I, um, I was like, man, it'd be so cool if we could put them on Texas neck during the five podcast. minutes on. Five blame, minutes on. blame Honeywell or, who, right, uh, or whoever. First of all, the ventilators uh, weren't needed. But we shut down a lot of stuff. It's kind of like I still go and they're still taking our temperature everywhere. And I'm like, this ain't working either. <laughs> yeah, we uh, uh, we anticipate getting all our orders out and then getting all the ones that we promised out <laughs> uh, by, you know, second week of December at the latest. Awesome. We, uh, it's just been it's been a slog. Uh, it's been stressful. A lot of late nights, a lot of no sleep, a lot mm. of stress. Um, every morning I wake up to emails. I'm just like. So I, I'm just, I'm doing my best I can. Yeah. I, I don't know what else to tell you. And um, that's the best you can do, just, man. It, well, actually, we're, just I, doing, we're just getting through it. So I do have a question for you, Nick, because we did, we did talk a little bit about the, the course, the education mm. that you, you guys oh, are pushing yeah, out. Yeah. Like what, what can, yeah. uh, in the meantime, if people like, first off people look into the yeah. product, like it's perfect for your, your new year, new year holiday pump. Yeah. Right. Like, sure. well, and, and here's the other thing, like, uh, God, I, I fucking hate to say like in, in terms of this, uh, experience and I'm so excited to give these a try because they actually kind of meet the demands of right. what we've been looking for. And we've yeah. 
tried everything and like there's always this like ah well if only uh, and then yeah. you know and like it, almost it's good it, enough to yeah, use it's but okay like, yeah. like it'll get you on paper but like I, will, I like I'm tired of that I want something that hits right on the bullseye that uh, we don't have to make any excuses it's durable you know like it works well can give me some active feedback so I know like how to progress it and I know you know hey like this is a zone I was training so then there it becomes replicatable uh, down the line for not only me but other people but uh, yeah, give us some insight on the course. Yeah, so we have we have a few course offerings. Right now, our live courses are kind of like shot the shit right now. Um, we usually do about 70 to 100 live courses per year. And those are mainly geared towards physical therapists, uh, chiropractors, strength coaches, personal trainers, health professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, because it goes, it goes, it's a deep dive into the science and the application. It's not really designed for your everyday, you know, use. Mm-hmm. Um, we have online course options as well. Again, that's more for health professionals. Um, we do have an app on Trainerize that we use for our consumers that have very basic, um, like training protocols to get them going. Um, and we have on online consultations with people like 15 minutes. We can tell them this is how you set it up. This is how you apply pressure what are your goals? This is how you can apply it in your training at the very basic level. And you kind of go from there. Mm -hmm. Um, We also have a $59 online training program, which is perfect for consumers, for non-health pros that general fitness, people just want a new year, new you, cheesy slogan, whatever you want to use. Uh, They can, we take it day by day. It's a 30 day program and we take it day by day and we give them exercises to plug in, uh, depending on what, what equipment they have. Mm -hmm. Obviously now more than ever, equipment is the limiting factor for their training program. So we built it for that. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. But uh, but yeah, then our certification, uh, our level two is coming out. We we tagged it for this winter, but things have been crazy. Um, that's more sports performance based. Mm. That is for your athletic training programs. That is for your uh, strength S and C guys uh, at the collegiate pro performance center level, um, taking them through the full year of training. Um, how you can integrate BFR, IPC, things like that. There's nobody doing something like that. It's sorely needed because I get emails about it all the time. Yeah, man. Well, I, like our people love it. You know, yeah. and the, the application yeah. that we give is is predominantly max reps to failure. Um, that first yeah. set is at that high volume and then drop, you know, you have your drop set for the, and then we do by t- like time duration, like John yeah. was saying, typically peaking at like 20 minutes and we just, trust people to go through and hit those intervals and take those lifts to failure. And um, it's been nothing but like positive feedback in the the relatively crude way that, that we apply it because there isn't, like you said, we've hammered through the whole podcast, the tech's just not there yet to really optimize it. So I'm excited for these sensors to hit your doorstep, dude. And for you guys to to assemble this stuff and get them out and uh, to tinker with them once we get a chance. And, uh, and then let us torture test them because, uh, get it out to you guys. Well, well, that, and also, um, I'm always excited to give feedback and like, Mm -hmm. Hey, like, uh, you know, to help in the process because man, like at the end of the day, we just want some really jiggy shit Mm -hmm. that like hits the mark, you know? And I think for us, like more so than anything is like, dude, we just want good products. Want to be able to recommend stuff that doesn't break. And, uh, you know, people can, you know, do what we need them to do and it's in a constructive way. So now I'm excited to see it. 
I would say every cuff is going to leak in some form or fashion, depending on what kind of valves they're using. Mm -hmm. But I will say our, we try to mitigate that as much as possible, more so than any cuff out there, mainly because we find like you'll see in our new cuffs, we put a valve cover over the valve. So that's to prevent it from moving too much and breaking the seal, right? The other, the other thing that we did was we removed the internal stiffener. We found that with that on our Gen 2 cuffs, we had this plastic internal stiffener, which would kind of help with applying it, but also theoretically would lower the LOP, the, the minimal amount of pressure needed to occlude. But we also found that that put a ton of pressure on the bladder system, mm. right? So our new cuffs, we removed that. And there is some flex to the new cuffs to prevent that that increase in pressure to bust the bladder. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, um, it, so it, it needs to be somewhat flexible. I mean, the, uh, it needs to be somewhat yeah. flexible. Well, it can't we be realized like, yeah. that about a year ago. Yeah. It can't be like steel belted tires, you know? So, right. so, yeah. so yeah. it has to be pliable. It has to be able to give, but it has to be strong enough. Like I always thought that like, if we can, you know, the technology for, you know, to keep air pressure on your car with valves and that whole deal, like we have that. I'm always like looking at these plastic kind of setups and I'm like, man, like, there's got to be something a little more robust in the in the way they set it up, but I just don't uh, like. Yeah, I mean, the market will eventually push to what it what it needs, and that's a great thing with technology and all this. Eventually, the iterations. But no, nah, man, I'm excited to I'm excited to give it a try, and we're excited to recommend it and and see where it takes us. You, you hit it on the head again. You know, you, you got to adapt, right? Well, it's from Moneyball. You got to adapt or die, right? Mm -hmm. Like we we change the product so many times. And I look, I look at our competition and some of them haven't changed in five years, six years. I'm like, we've changed twice every year. Right. And it's just, you got to adapt to research, customer feedback, new tech. Um, if you're not adapting, you know, you're just going to die on the vine, right? Like you just got to keep adapting. So that's what we want to keep doing. We want, it, we want feedback from like guys like you that are going to put it through the ringer. Like, how do we beef it up? Does it need beefed up? You know, things like that. So, um, People think it's too critical. I'm like, no, I've heard way worse. So it just tell me. And then we just want to make the product better. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. Well, Nick, where should people go if they want to uh, peep the product and see what else yeah, you guys have so, to offer? Yeah, smart, smarttoolsplus.com. Um, you can just Google smart cuffs. We pop up pretty, you know, obviously at the top of the list. Um, everything's on there. Uh, pricing. We have a blog. We have about... 10 or 12 blogs you can read up on BFR training uh, for a myriad of different uses, whether it be for rehab or training, um, kind of get your feet wet with it. Um, we have some online uh, free webinars uh, that we have. We have one free webinar. It's like two hours. Um, it's a steal. It's completely free yeah. and it's really high quality education um, to just get you started. We have a free BFR masterclass. It's a PDF. It's about 50 pages to get you started. So the, the stuff is there. Um, people just gotta, you know, just check out the site, download it. Um, it's no charge. Yeah. We just, yeah. we just take your email. Yeah. Yeah. Invest a little bit, put a little skin in, make yourself yeah. better. Skin again. Well, Nick, thanks, man. Thanks for taking yeah. the time to chat with us and thank you power athlete Good. nation for listening to another episode of the premier podcast in strength and conditioning. Ding. Zero. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it, man. Now 
it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to smarttoolsplus.com for more information on the BFR Smart Cuffs, Braston Tools, and PT Clinics. Until next time, bye! Bye!